Welcome to episode number seven, lucky number seven of the Technical Foul podcast. I am uh, Ben Thompson, a writer checkery, and am a NBA enthusiast. And I'm Manton Reese, also NBA fan, blogger, iPhone developer. And NBA, NBA Finals ticket buyer. Yes, yes, yes. There's so much stress about buying tickets. Every time I go to Ticketmaster... I'm frustrated and just like getting any ticket. I feel like I've I've won already. But yep. we should actually talk about that briefly, I think, because Golden State is, I mean, without getting into like details about ticket prices and stuff, Golden State Warriors tickets are more expensive than <laughs> anywhere else in the country, it seems like. Yep. And that just adds another level of frustration. And this year, it just seems, I mean, I guess it's inevitable if they keep winning that the prices will just keep going up and up and up but it's noticeably worse even than last year and last year i thought was really bad compared to what i'm used to in san antonio yeah so context for people who listen at all we we have been planning for a long time to go to a nba finals game during wwc which should be game five we both went to a game last year and i think that we have tickets similar to I, I I had better tickets last year, which is justified by the fact that I go to one game a year since I live in Asia, so I pay a little more. And we paid almost as much as I did last year for tickets that are about the same as you paid last year, that you got last year, and you paid like half the price, right? Exactly, yeah. These tickets are almost twice as much. I think they're just a teeny bit better than my tickets last year, but but maybe like a couple rows <laughs> better. It's basically the same yeah. uh, up in the corner. And uh, it's interesting, but it's just so frustrating to the way these these things go. And I guess there's demand, so it, it has to be like that. Yep. Well, no, it's good because we I think because you bought it directly for, from the Warriors. So, we, so I mean, I realized, because I bought it on the second-hand market, so I had like a, a several hundred-dollar service charge, right. um, <laughs> which is crazy. So, yeah, this is incredibly boring, which is a shame because it has been a... It has been maybe the best, like, the the last week of basketball is, like, wh- wh- one of the best weeks of basketball I can ever remember. It's been great. Yeah, the, la- the last time we talked, the Thunder were up 3-1. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had just blown out the Warriors two games in a row, and they had done it in a way that that suggested it wasn't a fluke. Like, they had really figured something out about, about the Warriors. They had figured something out about themselves. And... Even if you thought the Warriors were a better team, the odds of winning three straight are 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 are, are just are, they're massive because yeah. I mean the way and it's funny I got a couple of Twitter things arguments with this on Twitter like the way probabilities work because you multiply them the more the more instances you have to multiply it, it, it's just inevitable that, that any team that has to win three games in a row is going to be a massive underdog no matter how much you favor them on a per game basis and. We both, I think, completely, fairly, and justifiably, and along with everyone else, thought that we'd be, we'd be, we wouldn't be buying tickets. Mm-hmm. That's the context, so, and that we would be looking at an OKC uh, Cleveland Finals. Pretty much, I think you thought that OKC would finish in Game Five. I said it would go to Game Six. I think I said, you know, if any team can come back down three to one. It's this Warriors team, but it's hard last week to think that because game three and four were not close at all. It's not like the series is close and it's just like one team manages to pull away at the end and win the game. It's like three and four really, OKC, they deserve to win those games. They won by a lot. 
Right, and, and and the way they were beating them was was concerning because they they had it felt like they figured them out on both ends of the floor. Like they were there, they were beating them on offense with this putting Robertson as the rule guy in, in the pick and roll and spreading the floor with shooters with a small lineup, and, and Golden State seemed helpless against it. And then on defense, I just I mean. The, the switching and having just these massive guys out there. I mean, the way they def- defend the rim. And I don't feel bad about saying that Golden State had 10 to 50% chance because the reality is it, it was all about games. I picked game five just because I'd been picking against the Thunder. Like, damn it, I'm going to pick them for one. So, of course, I got <laughs> finally got it wrong. But if you go back to game six, that was the one where you, you had to put the Warriors' chances at at best 30%. And it took probably the best single game of shooting in the history of the NBA to win. Yeah. And at the end of the game, like in the Thunder were up at, at, at the end. And the reality is if you play that game six, a hundred times, I think saying that, especially seeing what we saw, I think saying that the Warriors ha- would have won only 30 of those was exactly right. So I don't feel bad about the odds or predictions. It just took one of the most unbelievable displays that, that we've ever seen. It was, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. And I mean, Clay got the record for th- threes in a playoff game, and that kind of sums it up. I mean, that's not going to happen every time you play a game six. It was like a video game, but not a video game, a basketball game. It was, it was like a, a, a like a rogue game where basically every three he took was more difficult than the three he took before. Like, because they're putting like the montage on Twitter, like all his threes and like they were getting more and more ridiculous every single time he took them. There's one he took like the third quarter off an offensive rebound where Bogut got it and he's sprinting to the corner and he catches it with his back to the basket and like twists around and shoots it and nothing but net. It was, it was, even as it was happening, it was incredible. And then in retrospect, it's, 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 yeah, it, it was amazing. Yeah, those were tough shots, and he was feeling it, obviously, (laughs) and they were going in. But it was interesting to compare that to Curry in a couple of these games, too, because Curry in game four, like if you compare four and five, I remember after they won five, I kind of looked at four, and Curry took 20 shots in both those games, and according to NBA stats, only seven in each game were contested. So less than half are contested. And in game four, he's just missing some of them. But in, in both of those games, and in some of the games six and seven, probably too, he's open a lot. It's just he missed them earlier. But Clay, that's is different. Like he was not open on some of those, really. I mean, he was right. He was making <laughs> kind of willing the basketball to go in. Well, this you were on this, I think, and you were on this back in the Portland series too. And the, like this series, like at, at the end of the day, you know, they just made shots. Yeah. And, and I, I think you were talking about this last week, like they're, they're, they are missing a lot of shots. And I think what I shared a stat with you that I found after the podcast last week about like the number of open shots that the Warriors had, which is actually a surprisingly large amount. I think part of that does go to the thunder because they were in their heads. Like that play in game five was game five or game six, where Livingston had a dunk and he did a, he spun to like a fadeaway that he airballed oh, yeah. because like he just presumed there was going to be a thunder player there, like blocking his shot. Mm-hmm. So I think there was definitely a mental aspect to it, but you're right. Like if there's one thing, if there's one thing that would characterize a series, it was regression to the mean. And on the one hand, the Warriors regressed to the mean in their shot making. Uh, and on the other hand, the Thunder regressed to the mean on defense. The fact of the matter is the last two games, the, their their discipline fell apart just a little bit. And it fell apart enough that 
it, it gave the Warriors an opening. You saw that more in Game Seven, even than Game Six. Although the, I mean, the way the Thunder played in Game Seven, he, total hats off to them for sure. Well, they were up a, a lot of these games too. Like Oklahoma's up like ten points, you know, the first half or something like that. The uh, shooting is definitely a huge part. When I look at Game Five, Six, and Seven. The Warriors just outshot. I mean, you shouldn't be surprised. They're an amazing shooting team, but they just outshot the Thunder. Uh, it's just, I mean, and yep. they were competitive enough on rebounds and getting turnovers that it wasn't, you know, lopsided. If they're missing some shots and they're not competitive on the glass at all, and Oklahoma City is out rebounding them by 10 or more, then they're in big trouble. But they were competitive. They either matched rebounds or they were within, you know, a couple of the Thunder. And so that that's kind of a wash. And then you have a better shooting team. And then you have something amazing like what Clay did in game six. It, it was pretty, it was really impressive. I wasn't, I wasn't convinced they could come back down three games. No, it, I, th- th- there's so much, I mean, there's so much about, th- this is really one of the most fascinating series I've ever seen. I mean, th- there's so many angles to talk about, including the historical angle. But I think what you just articulated is, is th- this series really brought, home to me like why it is that like for example all the old players don't like always disrespect the warriors and, and say like oh it's easier right now blah 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 they're not so good da, da, da. And, and the reason is that the way the nba has worked for decades is in general particularly in a seven game series the team that dominates physically wins and you, you what does it mean to dominate physically it means you you protect the rim you 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 rebound, you uh, you draw more fouls, and in in all these areas, the Thunder generally generally dominated, including the first half of Game Seven, where Bogut was just you know he's clearly still exhausted from Game Five, and the Thunder were just rebounding everything, and everything that people have been immersed in basketball for for years, especially people who played the game, and it's especially when you play the game and you the physical aspect of it is so real to you. Like the Golden State Warriors don't seem like they should be winning. The reason they're winning is is that three is worth more than two. Like that that's you can distill it down to that mm-hmm. because they were getting beat in every aspect of what used to predict basketball outcomes, but because their shots were worth more than the other team's shots, they won. Yeah. That's pretty that's pretty much it. And you know, they're competitive enough on all the other points that they can stay right, in exactly. the game. They can only be down seven points or six points. And, and that's nothing. Like if the Warriors are down the whole game, but only down six points, that's nothing, right? The Warriors can easily come back from that. Like you blink and two threes are made and there's a turnover and the Warriors are up. So yep. that, yeah. It is built on itself because you can have a team like the Thunder and you, I think you really saw this in game seven in particular where the Thunder dominated that the first half of that game, they, they dominated. And in the beginning of the, like the first couple minutes of the third quarter, they did as well. And then Curry started making shots and this is game seven and it's demoralizing because it's like, we are dominating this game, but we are not winning or we are not winning by a lot. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we're losing. And then like that demoralization starts affecting your decision-making and you start taking, you start trying to make it up and take quick shots and you get, you become undisciplined. And I really think it's like, it's a mental, like the warriors are a mental problem for teams because Everything they know about basketball makes them feel like they should be winning, but they're not, and they get frustrated, and that's when they start making bad plays, and the Warriors go on transition, and that, that's when the Warriors 
Warriors blow you out. I, I almost feel like a big part of the way the Warriors blow teams out is because the, the teams end up discombobulated and confused and frustrated and demoralized. Yeah. And Oklahoma City seems— and it's because three, three is worth more than two. Oklahoma City seems to kind of fall apart in that way a lot. I mean, they've had an amazing playoffs run, no question. But, like, when they're down a lot, they do feel like they kind of give up a little. And we saw that in game one against the Spurs. They're down 20 and, like, forget it. You know, the game's over. We're not even going <laughs> to, like, try. And yep. they've done that in a couple— I, I hate to be too critical of them because they have been playing uh, great. And I didn't expect they'd get this far. But they do. Well, you, you, they, are, you are a registered OKC hater. Well, you know, you I don't know, know about hater. But <laughs> I do think they have some some issues with the team we can get into maybe uh, later. But 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 one of them, I, I do see kind of a pattern of falling apart a little bit at the end in terms of, I don't know, there's been a couple of these games. I mean, and I think game six and seven were like this too. And even game seven at the very end, they almost came back. Like Durant makes a shot. I can't remember if it was a three or maybe a long two, but uh, they're within four with a couple minutes left. I mean, they almost came back, but then at the very last minute when they should be fouling or really hustling and really, I don't know, trying to like get back in it, they just kind of turn the ball over a couple times and they don't even really – they they just kind of they're just kind of standing there and Curry's just kind of making fools of them like just dribbling <laughs> randomly around the court then knocking down a three and it just it kind of all falls apart and it's kind of hard to to watch those last yeah. couple minutes when that happens I don't know if I don't know if that's maybe I'm just reading too much into it or I don't know if they're just exhausted um, because the other thing is Durant and Westbrook are playing a lot of minutes I mean Durant's forty six minutes, minutes forty four minutes yeah. they're having to play really hard the whole game to stay in it and at the end. I don't know. Maybe they don't have much left. And meanwhile, you've got some of the Warriors. They're not rested. They're playing a lot of minutes too, but they seem a little fresher. Yeah, no. I mean, they're playing significantly less minutes, like like five to six less exactly. minutes, which doesn't sound like a lot. But I mean, if you think on a percentage basis, you know, that's you know, it's ten, fifteen percent less. And and right, you know, that that, that makes a big mistake. Yeah, it's like forty six for Durant, like forty for Curry or something. There. It's a lot of minutes, but yeah, that that makes when I when I see forty six minutes, like he barely rested. Yeah, he basically played the whole game. And usually, in the human body needs like five to ten minutes to recover. You're not getting that, mm-hmm. you know, because whereas the Warriors were like, and and I think there is probably a threshold there. And this, what's funny is, I feel like, <laughs> you know, we've been back and forth on this in our predictions and all sort of things. But I I almost feel like we've been we've been kind of broadly right all along, and we're almost back at ground one about the Thunder. Like the fact of the matter is their roster is not as complete as it should be one two, the they don't have the wing players they need their 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 non superstar shot like three for 21 from three or something last like in, in, in game seven like waiters is the sort of guy where if he has a good game you, you that's great. But the problem is with this current roster, he had to be great every game. Same thing with Robertson. What, like Robertson stopped making threes, like as was inevitable was going to happen. And uh, I, I mean, I've gained incredible respect for Robertson. I mean, he he totally seemed expectations. His ability to cut his defense was spectacular. I mean, he blocked Thompson like <laughs> badly, like multiple times that game. And, and uh, and they were hurt. Like they kept him out of the game way too long. Game seven, even though he's in foul trouble. Which, by the way, he got a foul doing a hack of bogut. Sweet, sweet, sweet karma. <laughs> um, the other issue, it's not. I don't even know if they have some of the wrong players, but there's this 
overwhelming kind of sense that Durant and Westbrook are the playmakers and they are making the shots and they are taking control of the game, even when their teammates are completely wide open. I think it was a game seven. Robertson was completely open on the three point line. Like no one is anywhere near him and he passes up the shot. And afterwards Durant like is yelling at him and is like, why didn't you take that shot? But of course he didn't take it because like, I don't know if he had missed it or something. I feel like Durant Westbrook would be like, why didn't you give me the ball? I'm the one that's going to take that shot. And so I don't know. There's something about the team. I don't even know if it's the wrong players. I'm sure they could use other people, but I mean, let's face it. it <laughs> these, all these teams have great players. Like a lot of these the, the, to get in the NBA, you have to be a great player. You have to be able to shoot. And I feel like for some reason that team is not sharing the ball the, the, the way they should be sometimes. And if, if you're yeah. great teams, like if you look at the Warriors, if you, again, you look at the Spurs, I'm biased, but if someone is wide open for a shot, doesn't matter if you're the fourth or fifth or sixth best player on the team, like you're giving them the ball and they're going to take the shot because if you're completely uncontested, the chances are going to go up that you're going to make something. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's almost like a, 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 like a virtuous circle in reverse, like where you have this aspect where the players that the front office has gotten for San- for Oklahoma City on the wings in particular. And again, like their big guy that they've acquired recently is like Ennis Kanter, who couldn't even play in this series because he was getting roasted on defense every single time. Like the guys they've acquired aren't good enough. And so, and it was worse before, like Waiters and Robertson are already going to step up. And so you have KD and, and, and Russell Westbrook developing a lack of trust and these bad habits of taking on themselves. And, but it's kind of justified because the guys aren't good enough, but they're not bringing, like, they're not helping guys get better. And so you have this bad cycle that, that, and then the thing with bad habits is in the highest of, of high pressure situations, which is the end of game six. Yeah. And this is where it all fell apart for them and where they lost the series and they lost the title. Like, and, and they, like, I, <laughs> I wrote, actually, I wrote, I tweeted at the, in the second quarter of game six. That was the other key part. It looks like they were about to blow the Warriors out. Like the Warriors were teetering. They were down thirteen. Like I and I and then and they kind of clawed back up after seven or six at, at half. And I tweeted at the time like their failure to not blow Golden State out right now might like it might have historical implications on how we view Kate, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Like mm-hmm. because if they win Game Six, they win the title. I mean, sorry Cleveland, we'll talk about you in a little bit. <laughs> But I, I mean, yeah, if they can get past the Warriors, they were in good shape. I, I agree. They needed to be up more in that game. Uh, again, Golden State was competitive enough on everything else that yep. they were just they were just too they were just too close within striking distance to, to to retake the lead. And let's talk a little bit about lineups related to that too, because we had wondered after Game Four, like who do you start in Game Five? And Kerr didn't change anything in game five, but he did in six and seven. And I feel like, so, so he had Iguodala start in game seven and he had him play more in the right started the second half. Exactly. But not in the way that we're used to with the death lineup. Right. Right. He still had Bogut in there. He yeah. still had Bogut is, and is, Bogut and Azili both. I feel like they didn't have a lot of minutes, but they both played kind of a lot in the, in the first half of game seven, but both of those games, they closed the game out with, the small lineup, um, the last four or five minutes of both games, but the beginning of the game, I feel like, you know, having, having that lineup and having the rebounds 
again, staying competitive, allowed the Warriors to say, okay, we're only down a few points now, and now we're going to bring in our shooters and, yep. and we're just going to, we're going to take over the game and the Warrior and the Oklahoma City just can't, uh, they're at the end of the game. They're not as fresh. They can't compete with that. It's a great observation. And actually, that was multiple great observations. I think one, I think we talked about this last podcast. Like the Warriors just needed to get back to playing normal defense. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're playing zone on Robertson and like was a disaster. And and that's on Kerr because like he made that adjustment before game one without like giving their regular alignment, which had worked okay in the regular season, a chance. And so we got to game five and we didn't even know if if like he, we were in game five and we didn't know if Golden State's normal defense worked against the Thunder yet mm-hmm. because they were still playing the stupid zone. And so I think that made a huge difference. Just like getting back into playing defense normally helped a lot. And then, I mean, it would always, I mean, he was so good. I mean, it, it yeah. and matching his minutes up with Durant and he probably should have done it to start game six. That's the, like, that's, it's like Kerr made an adjustment at the start of the series, but he should have, he made the wrong adjustment. Hmm. And it, it actually, just to look slightly ahead of the Cavs, it's probably an adjustment you should make here too, like matching up Iguodal's minutes with James' minutes. I mean, uh, Iguodal was otherworldly on D. I mean, it was, I mean, people are, people are ripping on Westbrook and Durant for those turnovers in the last few minutes, but at least half of them were just, were just insane strips by Iguodala that like there's like no one else in the league is going to make. <laughs> so I want to get to the Cavs matchup after, but let's get through this first, especially the lineup because yes, we we're just talking about lineup Iguodala, but taking Barnes out and keeping Bogut in, and maybe that doesn't carry forward to the next series. But like one point about what you said about they just need to play Warriors defense. I also felt like there were a couple. It just reminded me like of a couple points in these games where it felt like the Warriors were themselves again and they felt comfortable and to me the that was captured with I think it was a Livingston like behind the back pass uh to Spades who missed it but like it, it there was a, a couple moments of of these games where the Warriors felt comfortable like they felt like they were playing their game and when they're like that especially if they're up a little bit they're really hard to stop yeah. because they have no there's no mental pressure uh that they're putting on themselves you know they're just they're playing the game that they've played and won 73 games this season with yeah there's there's such an emotional component to basketball it's one of the things that makes it so great i mean like we talked about that with like the warriors like demoralizing you know the, their opponents and it matters it matters hugely and it's something you can't capture with the numbers and the analytics but it, it totally makes a it totally makes a big difference the other point you talked about was being rested i mean i was roasting Curry and i think it was game 6 for that like the lineups he was trotting out being the second and fourth quarter and they were getting killed but and they were talking on the broadcast like oh Kerr said he wants he thinks they'll be more rested at the end of the game blah blah I'm like yeah if there is an end of the game because you're getting destroyed right now <laughs> but I I I mean Kerr was probably right because there was definitely like I mean Durant and Westbrook in particular looked exhausted at the end of all these games and Maybe that rest like was a very was a long play that that did play off. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Kerr's really good. It seems like with the small adjustments too. Like it's nothing, it's nothing too drastic. Like Warriors are good enough, even if they're not don't have like their best players and their best matchups in right now to kind of stay in it. And he's just kind of 
no, okay, I'm not going to start him here, but I'll start him in the second second half. And then, I don't know, I feel like there's something to that. And I think the Spurs really kind of messed that up a little, especially in their game six where oh, they overdid They it. overdid the uh, the experiments and uh, they fell too far behind. And when they found something that worked in those games, it was a little too late. Yeah. I mean, this is the, the what makes, what makes, I mean, because we've been all over the place on this. And I don't feel bad about that because what makes discussing an NBA series so difficult is is on one hand you want to be very wary of small sample sizes right because especially with a team like the Warriors that's just the three like the variance is so high like you can you can take the wrong impression just maybe they didn't play well they didn't play hard enough or whatever it might be on the other hand the NBA is such a matchup based league there's adjustments adjustments make a huge difference and it's totally possible for a small sample size to be correct because an adjustment was made and, and it's, it's hard to recover from. And what was so interesting about this, about this series and kind of trying to figure out who is going to win is there was like this weird mismatch of both. Like there were very real adjustments that were made and there were, and they were real, but there was also regression of the mean that happened. And, and ultimately it was kind of that, 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 that bore out in the end. And it was why the Warriors were, were you know, the Warriors ultimately won by being the Warriors. Uh, I think that's right. What a series. One thing that I think is worth calling out is number one, that was one of the best series I've ever seen. And thank you, Thunder, for giving it to us. Um, number two, historically, this series reminded me of uh, 1998 when the Bulls were in their last gasps and they were old and tired and exhausted. And they played Indiana. And the Indiana Pacers had, had, had Miller, of course, with Smiths and then the Davis brothers and Mark Jackson as their point guard. And they were physically dominant that Pacers team was and but Jordan just kept fishing them out like game after game and it felt that's how this series felt like it felt like the the Thunder were so overwhelming in some respects but the Warriors were just like like they were just hanging on by the skin of their teeth and mm-hmm. that's the that's always been one of my all-time favorite series and this series reminded me a lot of that and the way it kind of felt watching it and uh I think it will go down as as an all timer. I, I agree. There, especially the I mean, the last three games, even though Golden State won all of them, they were all close. They could have gone either way. The first, yep. you know, few games were not quite like that. I mean, the first game was, but but but, game, but, but it set up it set up the narrative. Yeah, though, right? no, exactly. it set up the whole storyline. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. But I think because it ended that way, um, first of all, coming back down three one, but also just because we had no idea. If, would game five be the last game? Would game six? Would game mm-hmm. seven? I mean, obviously game seven, but like we really didn't know how this was going to end, and that made it a really a really great series. And I think this is a like Donovan uh, Donovan who who you know gained uh, so much respect for like right? the way he's managed the playoffs, and I think that um, I feel great about the Thunder next year. Like mm-hmm. especially, I think they figured some stuff this playoffs and. They figured some stuff out that fell apart at crunch time because under pressure you revert to bad habits. But now that they've figured that stuff out and they can spend a whole year kind of like getting – like this switching defense, for example, right? They spend a year getting awesome at that. They have a better switching defense than the Warriors do. I mean because that lineup is – they start four guys over 6'8". It's crazy. And they're all athletic and can move their feet. Like it's – 
it's a, it's an unbelievable defensive lineup, especially when KD is projecting the rim like he was those few games. Um, yeah. So I, I I like them a lot next year. I hope they play the Warriors again. It'd be amazing. But, but on but, the other hand, you did see in some of these games, you know, they'd switch and Adams would be on Curry or something. And for most of the series, like Curry just didn't feel like himself against that. But he was in these games, these last couple of games. Like yeah. he would no, he would do a little move and slip by Adams or something. I think there's no denying that. Like game seven was the best evidence of all that Curry was not right before. Because is game six and game seven. Because the thing that was missing, there was two things. One, the blow by against the big guy. Like he just wasn't doing that. And two, the step back threes. Like he wasn't doing any step backs. Mm-hmm. And like even when he had that that explosion in uh in game two they were all relatively wide open the 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 thunder defense just kind of fell apart and and but he you saw that coming back and then game seven i mean game seven curry was ridiculous i mean he hit he very few of his shots in game seven were wide open like he was getting himself open with his handle and knocking stuff down and it was it was awesome yeah that's what makes him so great is that it's not just how precise he is on that shot but how quickly he can get it off so that it it matters if he's covered but it doesn't matter as much as a, a normal <laughs> right because even, even thompson's explosion there those were almost all catch and shoot or catch dribble and, sh- and you yeah, know shot fake just and shoot. quick dribble to the left or just to, right yeah. but curry's doing all this one-on-one and he's scoring efficiently as a one-on-one player as like a six-three guard which doesn't make any sense like it's it's un- it really is unprecedented. I get why I get why the old guard doesn't understand it because it doesn't make sense. But he did it, and and game seven was like the full Curry experience, and hopefully it's back. It's back to stay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the finals. So I think the one thing that Donovan did say is that had this series played out differently, like had. Uh, they split in Oklahoma City games three and four, and then split games five and six, and it got to game seven. Where it's like the way we'd be talking about the Thunder now would be totally different. Be like, wow, look how they took the Warriors to game seven, yeah, right? True. And I, I think this, I think this whole choke narrative. I don't think they choked. I, I think the Warriors, the Warrior, like Clay Thompson was was otherworldly in game six, and Curry was in game seven, and they beat the Thunder. And yes, the Thunder kind of choked, uh, or. I guess I just used the word at the end of game six. That was unfortunate. Choke isn't the right word for that. I think. Yeah. They reverted to some bad habits, but we knew those coming in, right? Like I don't, to me, choke is like you play way worse than normal. Like they've had bad clutch stats all year. Like that's the way they are. And the fact is no one expected them to push the Warriors to this degree. No one expected them to beat the Spurs for the most part. Like the team, I think tremendously overachieved and should absolutely be proud of itself. And hangs head high and, and I salute them. I mean, good for them. Yeah, I, I think I'm coming around to agreeing with you. I think th- what what it comes back to for me is also just how tough they played. You mentioned the physicality of the game. And like when they were winning, they were just, you know, again, they were out rebounding, out hustling. And, you know, usually I felt like I was complaining that like fouls were kind of going their way. Usually I think that was the case, but there were a couple places too like i think game five and six adams had two early fouls like really quick in the game i don't know how much that affects things but for the most part those last couple games warriors weren't getting to the line they hardly shot any free throws so i feel like whatever i I can't i can't pin that and say like well uh, normally oklahoma city is dominating and being physical and stuff but 
they're not getting, uh, you know, the other team's not getting the fouls called. I can't really say that. I can't really make that argument here. Like they were playing really tough, but they were also not fouling for the most part. No, I I agree. And I thought I I would add I thought Game Seven was really well officiated. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it and credit to Danny Crawford. Uh, uh, um, but yeah, it was it was it was great to see. Yeah, I think that's true. And I I don't know if that's again biased, but I, I to me still the physicality part is summed up by a couple of those Spurs games and just like, I mean the comical, you know, elbowing Ginobili that we joked about, but like there's a couple of those kind of things that I felt to, to me, it just kind of summed up how hard Oklahoma city was playing. Yeah. And if they can play that hard and that tough without fouling and, and the officiating is fair, then they absolutely deserve credit for getting this far. They need, they just they need one more wing guy, which we've been saying for ages. Like if they could have had a seven man rotation instead of a six man rotation mm-hmm. and like someone that could consistently knock down a shot. Yeah. I mean, it would have made it would have. And, and yeah, and they, and, and yes, Westbrook and Durant need to learn to trust their teammates, but they need teammates that they can trust. Like yeah, it's it, all, it, it goes both it's ways. It's all together. You're right. Yeah. If they had one more player that they could count on to shoot. And make some t- make some shots when they needed it, which also could help them rest a little bit, so Durant doesn't have to play forty six minutes necessarily. Yeah, did that? I mean, that alone. I mean, it's, it's these games were really close. Like, I mean, if you go back, I really feel like the the last few could have gone either way. Totally, totally. And it, it, I mean, again, the huge credit. It was like the Spurs. It reminded me of the Spurs in uh, Game Seven of was it twenty thirteen when Ray Allen hit the Game Six shot. Yeah. And the Spurs came back in Game Seven, and Game Seven was a great game. And, and Tim Duncan had like a throwback game, and he dominated the first half, and it was awesome. And and this that's how Game Seven felt. This game, like the the Thunder were really good, and they were they won the first half pretty handily. And and even though the Warriors had the big third quarter, the war the Thunder kept coming back, and they kept coming back. And and yeah, like I said, yeah. I mean I. So much respect for them. I still hate OKC because of the whole Seattle thing. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, first I don't think there's any question. Durant goes back probably on a two year deal with the one year opt out. But I mean, and I'm already praying for for OKC Warriors next year. I'm not praying for that, but I do agree that uh, that that <laughs> it would be entertaining. I do agree. He well entertaining, but also I agree he comes back. There, there's yeah. it just seems silly to start over with another team when you got this close and when you feel like things are clicking with most of your teammates and your coach it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me that you don't at least give us another year and then right and the fact remains that every year every year that they're they're healthy the big three are healthy like they are a absolute bonafide contender mm-hmm. yeah i mean they and they again again these games are close they didn't get swept and they if you look minute by minute i mean i i think Thunder probably outscored the, the Warriors. They did. I think they won the series by seven, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, this, again, scored. no shame in losing to the Warriors and definitely not uh, taking it to game seven. And again, yeah, outscoring if you look at the minutes and, you know, the quarters, like they, they really were in there. So I have a very strong opinion on the finals. So I'll, so, so I'll let you go first on, on how you feel about this. I haven't. You, you could probably guess what I'm saying. Yeah. I actually, I actually can't guess because i haven't really spent a lot of thought well should we go to the east before we go to the finals i feel like yeah well i mean what is there to say i mean we we thought that cleveland would clean it up and they did yeah. like the last like there what else is there yeah, to say i mean toronto had a right. nice run i thought that they're they not might, nearly as good as the Cavs were i thought yeah exactly they, this was gonna end with cleveland winning i thought that that uh the raptors had a chance to win game six 
and they didn't. But uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of predictable. <laughs> what is there to say? Yeah, yeah. Toronto fans I, they, and the team too. I mean, I think they should be really happy as well. Like they've never gotten this far before. Their fans they seem should. great from all the news coverage of everybody outside, <laughs> you know, cheering the team. Yeah, and well, the big question for Toronto is Demar Derozan is a free agent, and I am not a Derozan fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, and like, I don't think you want to pay this guy the max for the next five years. And, and how, like, how much worse would they be spending that money on, on another wing starting Terrence Ross or finding another shooting guard? Um, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think they're in a really tough spot because they had this great year, but I mean, the, 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 the thing about the NBA that's so tough about, especially about paying contracts is the best contract you can pay is the one that they just paid to Rosen, right? They paid him the restricted free agent offer and they gave him the max. They kind of got roasted for it, but it turned out very well. Like he way outplayed his contract, but the rookie contract and the contract signed after your rookie contract, those are where you get, you get value beyond what you pay. And on the second half of a guy's career, you're always overpaying relative to the value he provides. And I think that's going to be definitely the case for DeRozan. But at the same time, you just had a team that went to the finals and you have this passionate fan base and or the, the conference finals. And do you just, you know, do you just move on? It, it's going to be it's it's going to be a tough summer for them. Yeah, I don't know exactly what they do. I like parts of this team a lot. I like how Corey Joseph played off the bench in the playoffs. I do like DeRozan. I mean, I mentioned last, I know you don't like him, but I mentioned that I I kind of respect and like that he's yep. different than a lot of people at, again, mid-range shots only. <laughs> and uh, But both, I mean, Lowry, I was just looking, Lowry and DeRozan, like they both shot 50%. And I mean, they didn't really come close to being competitive in game six. I'm not exactly sure why. But, but I I yeah. feel like there's still yeah, I'm something glad, there. I'm glad Lowry. I'm glad Lowry kind of got it together yeah. by the end there. And he sh- he, got, he shot. He made a bunch of threes. Like he was the only one on the team yep. that shot threes, but he made some. So yeah, and he had a great year. And in like it, and I'm glad that he was able to kind of redeem himself in the playoffs. I mean, he's had a very up and down NBA career, and it's great to see him kind of kind of be able to pull through. Here. Yeah. All right. Anyway, they lost, and you have I don't know if you watched the game, but at the end of Game Six. LeBron is like visibly like emotional and I think just it kind of hit him, you know, six straight finals appearances. I, I, my stream was not working, so I actually missed most of game six. Um, but no, so I I didn't miss it, but yeah, it's an amazing accomplishment. I mean, yeah, is the, is the East, has the East been weak? Yes, it has been. But at the end of the day, we just talked about the beginning, like the way probabilities work, the chances of making six straight is very, very small, and it's it's a remarkable accomplishment. Yep. And he did it with two completely different teams, which, yep. you know, you, what's the, who's the one starter on the, both those teams that, you know, single-handedly won games? <laughs> it was him and James Jones, I right. think, right? Is that who it is? <laughs> it's been exactly. But, yeah, that's it's not really fair to give, <laughs> I don't know. But when you think about it, you think about LeBron. Yeah, but we got to give, we got to yeah. b- oh, both players sure. credit. You, no, we don't. We can give all the time to LeBron. <laughs> uh, anyway, so they've had some time to rest. Uh, you know, fast forward here. We've got first finals game coming up at the end of this week. You're, you you want me to predict first? I, I haven't. Well, well, before we predict, uh, what's going to be f- interesting about game seven is on one hand, the Warriors just came off this absolutely grueling series and just pushed to the absolute limit. And they have to turn around and play game one. It's going to be hard. On the other hand, 
the Cavaliers are going from playing like the JV league to like playing the varsity, right? Ouch. And like, I don't know if they're going to be prepared for just the force and speed that the Warriors are going to hit them with. It would have been the same thing with the Thunder. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm Toronto, great year, but there's no way in hell you make the conference finals in the West. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. It kind of, when you said that, it kind of reminded me of there's a quote during the Final Four uh, women's this year. I can't even remember the team now. I feel bad for not looking this up and remembering, but they were like, we felt they they got out, you know, the, it was like they lost by 30 or 40 points or something. They said, they said like, I, I felt like we just played a WNBA team instead of a college team. Like, that's how, right. that's how bad it was. UConn or something. And so that's yeah. kind of what it sounded like what you were saying. The, uh, the Cavs are up for a, a more difficult test. Right, because it, it makes sense that game one is a game to steal, right? But I actually think it's going to play against the Cavs. They're just not going to be ready for it, right? I mean, just the the level of of pressure it's going to put on. So I think the, the, the big thing here is, is what's interesting about this finals, yes, it's the same teams as last year, but the this this is a total the Warriors are are mostly the same, but the Cavs are a totally different team than they were a year ago. Yeah. So starters are gonna be different significantly. Like two or three players <laughs> are completely different. Um, right, because last year they started the, the starting lineup was Mozgov, right. who doesn't play at all anymore. Right. Thompson at the four, uh James at the three, Iman Shumpert at the two, and Delvadova at the one after game one because uh, Irving got hurt in game one. And this year, the starters are Irving at the one, uh, J.R. Smith at the two. Uh, who am I missing? I'm missing someone. Because Thompson's... Yeah, so, like, the, the last game that was... Oh, Love. love. Yeah, Sorry, love. love starting... Yeah, so James at the three, Love at the four, and Thompson at the five. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, totally different. Yeah, completely. The big difference from last year about Cleveland is their offense is way better, but their defense is, I think, significantly worse. Hmm. And I think that's very problematic against the Warriors because I don't, their offense is very, very good, but I don't think it's as good as the Warriors and their defense, I think is massively worse than the Warriors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you might be right. So we're going to need to watch. Yeah. Turnovers. Who's covering. Who I think shooting, I think they will be competitive. Like if you've seen these playoffs, the Cavs, you know, the shooting like out of whatever fifty percent from three or something crazy in some of these games, right? And and, the, and that's how they win is just they just shoot the lights out. Yeah. And and, and again, the, with the three point shot, like the variance is higher. Like the, and they like they will. I think they will win some games, but I I just feel like that Golden State is just going to destroy destroy them on offense and like I just don't see how they match up with Golden State uh any of Golden State's lineup but particularly their small lineup and that will have the knock-on effect where if Golden State's always putting the ball in the bucket the Cleveland's not getting on transition like they're gonna have to go half court against a Golden State team that that is gonna have their defense set every single time and yeah I think it's actually gonna be less competitive than really? it was last year well so Kyrie was pretty good against Curry in game one before he got hurt at the very end. He was, and that that is a caveat, and it is probably the best defense Irving's ever played in his life. It'd be nice to have seen any semblance that that is repeatable, because mm -hmm. unfortunately we haven't. Uh, and, and so, yes, if he can do that. He's the kind of player, though, that like he'll have those games, and then he'll have a few that you don't see that. Right. And so to me, it just seems like, is he going to have more of those games than not the series. I don't know. I like that. Yeah. I feel like, like you're being very 
kind of pessimistic about the, the Cavs' chances, which I'm not sure I disagree with, but I feel like that last series was so different. It's hard to compare it. And also that last series, it's easy to forget because the Warriors won in, I guess they won in six games. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And they won the last three and they won the last three by a lot. And they won the last three in a row. Right. But it's easy to forget that like that game one was close and the Cavs almost won it. If they had won it, they would have been up three zero, assuming you think the second and third games go the way they went. So I, I, I just feel like even it didn't feel close at the end, the, uh, the Cavs were very competitive considering who they had, who they were playing with. Well, but, but the question is, you say who they were playing with. You're talking about having Delvadova over Irving and having basically Tristan Thompson over Kevin Love. Did that hurt the Cavs or was that actually better? Mm. Okay. You have to wonder, like, having someone like Delvadova that can at least, you know, slow down Curry slightly. I think Curry Stopper is overstating it. So we've talked a lot about rest earlier. Do you think that that's going to play into this or is there enough rest on both sides? Because Cleveland has basically kind of swept through the whole playoffs. They're used to winning four games and then having like a week off. And they have that again the, this time. So do you think they can be at their best for game one, try to steal uh, either one of those two? That's definitely their best chance. But I mean, we'll see. I, I'm I'm pretty pessimistic about, about Clue this year. And, and uh, again, admittedly, I was last year too, and they, they surprised me. Mm-hmm. But... I, I mean, if you remember last year, I think there were a few things going on. I think one, like Golden State, was just not, they were kind of overwhelmed by the finals. I think like Draymond Green in particular, like he was terrible the first few games and they kind of had to figure it out. They didn't know their death lineup. Like the death lineup was born in the finals. Like it didn't right. really exist before then. And whereas now they're, they're experienced, they know what they're getting into. And I, I, I just think they're, I just think they're, I just think it's a bad matchup for Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland has to put Irving on someone. It's going to have to be Curry or it's going to have to be Thompson. And both of them are bad news. And they don't have rim protection. I mean, the the Thunder were all rim protection. And, and I just think it's a bad matchup. And and I, like, I hope Cleveland is good. And they're, the Cleveland offense right now, particularly with LeBron at the four. The one that's interesting is I mentioned the rest thing. Uh, Cleveland has been roasting teams at the during with bench units because they put LeBron in yeah. with all these bench guys. Remember they just destroyed Toronto. Like they almost came back in that in that game four. They ran the same play eleven times in a row. <laughs> like <laughs> that's something that I think Golden State will have to be careful about because they get lineups in there that have trouble scoring. Although Livingston would be better this series, and um, they need to be careful of those of those LeBrons because that, that that's actually. It's arguably Cleveland's best lineup. They have, they have Fry in there as as the five, and they have these defensive three and D guys. You know, Delhi and Richard Jefferson, and uh, uh, who's the other who's the guy they play at, at the time? Shumpert, and it, it's a it's a tough lineup, and and they have to be careful they don't give up huge runs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see it. Some of these games being kind of all about runs. Yeah. And, and and because Cleveland defends in the three, like the three is upside and downside. Like they're going to just shoot the lights out at least in a game or two. And, and, and that will help. So you would think their, their best chances are winning at home and yeah, just try to stay. Yeah. I, I think the only, else. I mean, if Cleveland wins, it will be in seven uh, or it will, actually probably six. It's hard to see them winning a game, winning a game seven. I don't see it. Ha- like, I think I, I, my personal pick is Golden State in five. Uh, okay. And I, 
I think there's one game where Cleveland just lies out. Uh, I could see it going six, but yeah, it's it is, funny because yeah, the whole narrative it. is the whole narrative is Irving and Love are here this year, but I'm not sure that's a good thing. Hmm. Well, oh, and again, both of those players have been inconsistent through the season. Yeah, like there's these moments where like, wow, everybody's just playing at their best, and then there's some questions and certainly love got a lot of that last year but uh, there's been enough games this playoffs where he's played really well that I, I think it's enough for Cleveland fans to be excited yeah I don't I, I'd be totally have since we're gonna be at game five I, I guess I'd be totally fine if that that clinched it because it's fun to be it would uh, it would game <laughs> and our, our tickets may become even even more valuable than, than right right yeah no you're right actually that that'll be fun but uh, I'm. I still think the Cavs have something in. I mean, they've maybe they haven't really been challenged. They have been dominant. There's no question they've been dominant. They haven't been playing like they didn't have to play Oklahoma City, right? But on the other hand, the Warriors. Yeah, it's hard to compare because they were without Curry a couple games, but like they didn't have that huge of a challenge um, the first couple rounds. And uh, so I don't know. I'm I'm thinking that the Cavs being rested a little bit too. Um, Maybe they'll be able to steal one of the first couple, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe this is like yeah. they have know, everybody to. wins their game at home, and yeah, I actually I don't think they have to. I could see, I could see the Cavs winning in seven. It would be extremely difficult. But again, the Warriors, like before Oklahoma City, they've never had a game seven that they've won. Yeah, like it's rare for them to get to game seven, and. They had an amazing game seven this time, but again, it could have gone either way. And I could, I could see everybody wins at home. There's an epic game seven, and the Cavs find a way to win it. I could see that happening. Right, and it, it, again, if you get down to one game, you, all you need is one team to get hot. Right? I mean, that's yeah, that, especially with the three. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I made my pick though. Uh, you have to make yours. I'm gonna say Cavs in seven. Whoa! Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go there. I've, I've talked myself into it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna give you so many props if you end up being right. You're, you're not gonna know it is. <laughs> I'm sure I won't be, but that, I'm gonna stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are pretty much at opposite extremes, but that's good. It, it'll be good. Yeah. So uh, next, I think by next week there will be uh, uh, two games in the books, or maybe three. Um, yep, I think we have. Th- Thursday there's a game and I think they play again on Sunday so there's a couple of days in between but uh yeah this is I can't believe finals already I know it's kind of sad like this is this part where like because there's now frequently days with no games on and the end of the season starts to become very real and it's I, yeah it's, it's that's why during the playoffs I, I kind of root for anything that'll make it a seven game series no matter who's totally playing. there's always a game on yeah yep all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the show this week. Uh, it's been it's been fun to record, and we're seeing yeah we're seeing his history happen here. Some of these series have been really incredible. So we will catch up after the first couple finals games are in the books, and we'll see if we've changed our tune on any of this. Definitely, definitely, it would probably change our tune wrongly, but that's that's all that's all the fun of it. <laughs> all right, Warriors in five, Cavs in seven. Yeah, we'll see. If we'll see. We'll close. see. Oh, yeah. oh, sounds good. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Okay, bye.